What if we just did a general pastors using the internet? Yeah, we could, because I have a pet peeve about pastors that put everybody in the CC. Roll it. I don't want you to lose your pastoral voice because people don't understand your politics. Technology, social media being a magnifying glass for our behavior and our interactions should motivate us to start living more Christ-like. I wish that there was some kind of seminary class on, hey, moron, this is how you use the internet really, really well. Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, the number one resource for church tech and creativity, with your hosts, Eric Dye, Jeremy Smith, and Phil Schneider. But first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by The Social Christian. The Social Christian is an ebook brought to you by Church Mag Press. It's a theological exploration of social media, and it's written by our very awesome, our very cool, our very own Phil Schneider. Phil has written. Hey, it's, hey Eric. <laughs> hey, Phil. Surprise, I'm, surprise. I was just talking about your ebook. You were? Oh, are we in a pitch right now? I was. We're in the pitch? Yeah, we are in a pitch right did, now. Did you tell them about uh, the, you know, you, you can get an individual and a church license? You know, I, I hadn't got to that part. I, I was just starting out. But oh, go ahead, go ahead, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, go you're ahead. absolutely right. There is the personal use that you can get for just yourself, or you can get the ministry use, which is uh, which is a little bit more, but you can make as many copies as you want, however you want, pass them out. Phil, tell them, you know what, you're here. You tell them about the free download files that you can get. Even if you don't buy the book, you can go to churchmag.press forward slash social hyphen Christian or just go to churchmag.press that's probably the best way you can find it there there's free files to download Phil what are those free files that you're giving away for everybody well there's there's two two sets of free files the first are the stripped down keynotes uh, or powerpoints whichever way you swing um, of my class I, I used for the basis of this book you can download those and use those to teach this class on your own. And to help you with that process, um, I, I record my classes at my church. And so you can go to my church website and we'll link it from the Church Mag Press page. You can go to the site. You can download the audio and hear my dulcet tones. Teach this class. You'll have the keynotes to follow along with. And then you can go ahead and take those keynotes, ditch those keynotes, create your own, whatever, and teach this class to your church all on your own without even buying the book. This is material that every church needs to have because Christians need to know how to engage on social media in an actually Christ-like manner. Well, there's really nothing left to say other than go to churchmag.press. Hey, guys, can I be part of this bit too? Guys? Guys. Daily get. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider. We have been spitballing some topic ideas and we realized that we were going headlong into a topic. And thankfully, Jeremy blew the whistle, um, figurative whistle. He doesn't actually have a whistle yet to blow. The topic, it's one of several topics that, that Phil is conjuring up that could may or may not turn into a possible ebook and I'm pretty jazzed especially coming off of Phil's latest book on you know a, a general look at social media and stuff like that so th- this other idea that he, he's cooking up I'm really really excited about setting all that aside the topic we're going to talk about today is pastors using the internet now clearly when we say pastors using the internet that's a wide gamut right that's like that's like pornography to Instagram to email, to uh, web browsing habits. I mean, it gets into all sorts of things. So clearly, clearly we're not going to cover the whole width or depth or breadth of this entire thing. But it is an interesting thing to think about in regards to pastors using the internet. And the reason why is, Phil, 
set this up why why is it so important because the internet is ubiquitous it's it's not going away it's going to be around forever uh no not necessarily in this current form but it's it's going to be around forever and so for pastors to not be internet conversant to not be internet um familiar and to not be um internet savvy is at this point, I think just a serious oversight in their ministry. But, but why, more importantly, does it matter whether pastors are? I mean, pastors have secretaries, pastors have youth pastors, <clears throat> pastors have church tech teams that they can rely on. Why do pastors need to have a grasp on technology? Because pastors are the leader. They set the tone. Um, you know, I, I, there's a great principle that we've been talking about in our church. You know, people won't go to life groups if a pastor is not in a life group. People won't do things the pastor does not um, value and set importance on. So people won't use, people will still use the internet, but people won't use the internet in the way the pastor wants them to use it as a disciple. If the pastor is not using the internet in that way. Jeremy, I I can almost, I can almost feel through the internet some sort of pushback. I mean, not because you disagree, but just that you like to push back. (laughs) Well, let's save the pushback for. Something controversial. Um, I would say, I would say that of all the places, I mean, when we talk about banks, when we talk about Home Depot, when we talk about all these places that are kind of targeted for hacking and losing information, they are a huge risk. And so that's kind of big. And the conversations that pastors have via email um, and what is appropriate and not appropriate over email and what does sarcasm look like on social media um, from their distinguished distinguished position and how do you manage um, just everything that's happening online. I feel like for pastors, it's a very casual conversation that isn't talked about much, but of so much importance that I don't think that we give kind of the credibility that it needs or the importance. I wish that there was some kind of seminary class on, Hey, moron, this is how you use the internet really, really well for a seminary master's class alongside taking Hebrew and Greek and all of that stuff. So they do those things really, really well. Really? Jeremy? Hey, moron. <laughs> yeah, I was saying the same thing. Like, wow, what way to really appeal to the pastors out there, Jeremy. What, what a random punch to the arm. <laughs> well, yeah. Here, here's, That's here, our Jeremy Smith. Here, here's the thing, though. Here, here's the thing. Is that when we begin to kind of ease into this topic... Right, we could sense that there was something there, and so we thought, you know what, we should probably record this because that's how we podcast. And when we were talking about this, I was thinking of all the annoying things that I see pastors doing, and Jeremy opened up this whole other wing of this thing that I didn't even think about. But it all just kind of culminates together, right? Where there's the annoying things that pastors do, there's the um, untech savvy things that pastors do. And then there's like all these like critical things that pastors do. And it's all kind of there at all the same time, right? They'll make a dumb mistake followed by clearly you just post a huge security risk followed up by why in the world did you just send that email to the entire deacon board and the entire congregation? Like right. don't hear reply all. Right. Right. And so I think that there's a lot of concerns that can happen in that process. I'm curious to know, Phil, 
you know, what was the what was the catalyst for this thought process of this particular aspect of pastors and technology? What what I'm assuming that you can talk about it because, you know, someone from your church might be listening. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how personal this this uh, <laughs> this thing was hatched or not. But if you can speak on it, what was the catalyst for this? Idea? It was hatched because I recently joined an all pastors Facebook group. And I've watched some of them use social media, you know, and I know a few pastors. So I've watched them use social media. But to be honest, like the my pastor, my lead pastor and the other staff pastors use social media incredibly well. And so, like, if anything, this book would be a book burst out of like, here's how we're using social media. And I'm not saying like we're crushing it, like we've got millions of followers, you know, but at least we're not creating minefields. And we do make mistakes. We learn from them. And we're using social media for healthy engagement. It's it's going well. Sure, we could do it. We could do better in other areas. And if I weren't working a full-time job, I would definitely be doing more for a church and social media. But it's it's one of those things where I think that we've actually got a good handle on it. And I'd love to share some of our best practices. So for once, I didn't see, the, see a bad thing happen. And I decided to write about it. At least yet. Well, like, well, seriously, the social Christian was written was written basically because I kept seeing so much bad stuff happen. This is not that way at all. Which which has which this has some overlap with the social Christian. It has some overlap because as pastors, you're an example to the entire congregation. So if you're going on a political rant, uh, who knows what rant you're you're tipping the hat and saying to the whole congregation, "Hey, it's okay to do this," right? Which is going to create all kinds of messes. Or the flip side. Uh, I, you know, speaking to the passive pastor, if you will, you have people in your congregation who are doing that sort of thing and you're not speaking into it or you don't even know what's going on or you don't even think about it. Well, I think it goes both ways, though, too, because like back in the election, I posted a lot of things on the Internet about about the campaign and I tried keeping it pretty even, although I was clearly was not a fan of Donald Trump and still still not. <laughs> but like, people complained to my pastor about it. And he said, look, I've, seen, I've read what you said. You haven't said anything wrong or anything inappropriate. Just be aware that I, I don't want you to – he said a great line to me. I don't want you to lose your pastoral voice because people don't understand your politics. And they say, look, so you might win some political points for some people, but you might lose the right to pastor some people. Not because I'm going to fire you, but because they might, might refuse to listen to your clear biblical teaching because they're so convinced of their politics. And so it's changed my perspective on, on how I on how I social media with politics. Yeah, and what's interesting is that one of my uh, pastor peeves, so to speak, of social media is kind of a flip side to that. Like you're talking about being active, so like you're active on Facebook and you're saying stuff, and so you need to be careful with that activity. At the same time, a pet peeve of mine are pastors who only post like a pretty image with a scripture vo- with a scripture verse on it, like every day. There, there's no, there's hardly any personal photos, right? It's just this canned thing that they're always pushing out, and you know, unfollow. Thank you, very, very. Ugh, you know, I, I, you know, it's not. I have, I have no disdain for someone's pretty pictures. That, but I prefer if it's their pretty pictures. And you know, if they were his pictures with with his scripture verses, that would probably be completely different. But I know he's just using like a YouTube or using the the uh, version app and just spitting out you know, whatever, whatever they have there. So it's not really personalized in any way. And so that's a real pet peeve of mine. Right. And so that's kind of the, the flip side is, is, um, you know, if you're going to use it, be careful, but before you go to use it in the first place, at least understand the medium. And if, and don't be, uh, 
too over, I don't know what the word cocky over, like mm, be humble enough to be, to, to find somebody to say, Hey, you know, I'm interested in using this. How do you use it? What's cool. And not even really what's cool as much as how do you use this tool? Because, you know, social media can be, as you said, like a little bit ubiquitous, if I'm using that word. Right, Phil. <laughs> but, but be a human being, though, too. Right, exactly. You're saying, be human. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Be human. Because, because like, uh, I can't tell you when folks try to follow me on Facebook, on, on Twitter. and Is it a secret? If, if, what? <laughs> you it's, said you can't. Yeah, I can't tell you. It's very secretive. I, have to, I can tell you, but I have to kill you afterwards. <laughs> or we'd have to edit it out. Like, Why don't you tell us? Why don't you tell us? And then I'll just bleep it out. That way, at least Jeremy and I know. I'll be second bleep in two episodes. I get, I get followed by or people a week. And which is a really crushing number, right? It's pretty impressive. I'm sure it, it really is. Right this right is why we're now. not telling anybody. But half the, uh, yeah, exactly. Half the, uh, half of those are, I go to their, their, their Twitter feed it's all quotes or retweets. Half of them? So I know either it's... That oh, is yeah. a lot every week. Good grief. So, like, like either it's a spam account or it's somebody who has no personality. Either way, I don't want to follow you back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, it, it is pretty bad. Uh, my brother was, was having a difficulty with a... The, his cable company's cable company internet, right? And so he was doing chat with the representative... And he sent me a screenshot, and he and he says, "I don't know if I'm talking to a bot or not." Oh yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> what was what, it, oh, you know? And later he found out that it was not a bot; it was a real person. But when you are when you are a real person and you're sounding like a bot, that's well, that's not a good part sign, of it right? because they're so on there. They're 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 required to be so very professional that there's just no way to to sound sound human. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, exactly. I, I agree. Right. Right. Right, and, and, and that's a fine line. Was it you, Jeremy, that was talking about one of the church communication groups, and they were talking about what Facebook video got the most likes, follows, comments? It, it blew them away because it was different than what they normally posted. Do you remember that, Jeremy? Yeah, so there was uh, just a whole conversation of how to get the most impact as far as the the photos or the videos or the content that you're posting to Facebook. And they're talking specifically about engagements and then opening and clicking through and stuff like that. So not necessarily the views itself, but the interaction with it. And they found that the photos that are very stock photo-y, like, you know, the perfect smile and the perfect wide and everything's just kind of lined up well. That, yeah, that just not seen very well, not engaged. Maybe people enjoy it and smile, but then scroll on. Whereas the photo that looks like someone just kind of whipped out their phone real quick, took a group, good picture. It's a little blurry. It's kind of rough around the edges. Definitely probably should have taken like five or six more shots to get the better image in that. But it in and of itself seems much more authentic. And therefore people want to engage with that photo a lot more. And it's amazing how they they just saw a huge difference in the number of comments and likes and everything because that photo just seems more real as opposed to stage. Right. Right. Don't be a pastor bot. No. That's why I struggle, actually. I don't like sharing things about my family because I don't want to be seen as like somebody bragging about how awesome my family is because my family is vastly superior to most families. That's true. Um <laughs> No, it's not. It's terrible. But I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? And so it's very important for me not to come off like that. And so, but so here's Jeremy. here's my 
pushback for that piece of it. Yeah. Back. Whoa. Here it comes. I know. Shocking. I've never yeah. done this before, yeah, so this will be new to me. Yeah, we're about 15 minutes in. This is usually when the show, the pushback shows up. <laughs> um, why would you do that if you were just having a general conversation with friends or um, standing in front of your your church's like entryway when people are coming in and out? Would you make sure that you did not show off that kind of piece of yourself? Well, but see, here's a, here, here's a great question, Jeremy. It actually goes back to my book, The Social Christian. Um, so I'm glad you brought this up. Um, because because I'm glad in, I can accommodate. Because in the book, I talk about how, like, online, we, <laughs> online we can uh, – we, we should do a promo code. You could get a dollar off for shameless self-promotion. That's the coupon code. Shameless. Shameless. That's the, the coupon code this week. You really should just use. Or, you really should just use the coupon code CMAGCAST. That will. That will actually get you the real you discount. Perfect. So anyway, uh, in the book, in the book, I talk about how whether we try to or not, social media allows us to filter ourselves. So only the best comes through. Um, right. when, the, when the negative comes through, it comes through in a way of seeking some sort of unhealthy validation. So if I were in person, I might discuss my family, Jeremy, in a positive light because that person sees I'm there talking to them words and all they can see probably my demeanor, my tone and other and other aspects of our conversation. They'll be able to see, oh, his life's not perfect. So his family's on point, but this guy, you know, his, his, his personality is severely lacking or whatever, you know. Uh, or his beard's uneven because he can't shave, you know, a, a clean line. So whatever, it, they'll be able to see see my flaws. What I'm hearing you describe, Phil, has more to do with, to me anyway, I, my, in my opinion, has more to do with the ongoing struggle that pastors have had for decades, and pastor families as well. Because you're 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 a PK, right? You're a pastor's kid, so you understand and see. Having not grown up as a pastor kid myself, my wife being a pastor's kid, I understand the complete and total disconnect non-pastor kids have with everything that you just outlined. There's like, we, I have, I can hear it, but as far as experiencing it and having full comprehension, I just can't get my head around it. I mean, I can, okay, I'm not an idiot, but there is a, there is a certain level of lack of understanding, you know what I mean? So that's not just with social media, that's like with everything that you do, and, and you know, we should talk about it, and even as it regards to social media. But that is an extension of an issue that's that was already there. We just see that something like technology and social media amplifies it more, right? Right. But my my point is just that, like for me on social media, I might refrain from. I need to post more personal things, right? But I need to find a good balance because like a real life interaction, you'll see the positive and negative pretty quickly. But if you're not paying attention, you might only see the positive right. things I post. You might see the, see the real life things I post. And so I don't want to give away a false false image. Now I'm feeling a little bit insecure about what, what I post on Instagram and stuff. Well, but see, Instagram, to be honest, is generally just happy, pretty pictures. You know, Twitter is for jokes and, 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 and arguing, really. And Facebook can be all those things, plus generally more real life approach sharing yeah because whenever i find that whenever i post anything on facebook which is about every six months i usually regret it because either somebody oh it's terrible i just i'm always appalled at the replies quite frankly this is why i stick to twitter and instagram because i I like the pretty things and then i like the jokes and i like an argument every once in a while i do not want to blindly go into any of those (laughs) my thought is is that all sounds like a lot of work for it does doesn't it how you want to look online but let's see. But hold on. Is it is it how you, is it 
Is that what it is? Or sure. is it more is about, it? well, but is it that, or is it being sensitive and being aware of others around you? I mean, yes. And also, you know, the fact that everybody takes everything differently compared to the context they're in and where they're at in that moment, along with the fact that you can't actually get tone and sarcasm across the internet. So if you're going to really kind of obsess about those things, then you probably should think about that stuff as well. Because if you're going to try to do it right, you probably should either do it completely right or not right at all. Well, I don't think it's, but see, I don't think it needs to be a limiting, like debilitating situation, but I think it, it does need to be, um, it quickly becomes one. I think it can be, but I think also just it needs to be a, a sensitivity and an awareness right. that, and from there you can kind of just, you go with it and you, I think you learn, you mature and you just are aware of those things. And then, then if that way, if someone contacts you and says, Hey, when you said this, we posted this, it made me think this, you're more humble in your response. But sensitivity and awareness, I agree with, but what you described was, I don't think I can post this stuff, which is a limitation and a debilitation. And I'll, sure. uh, I'm just want to make sure I'm kind of being sensitive to that. Well, if I'm, if I'm sensitive about it, then there, there'll be times when I'll say, you know what? I shouldn't post this. Sure. And how how many times have we had just a conversation in generally about we shouldn't necessarily change the sensitivity conversation with regards to scripture or ourselves. And yet we're wanting to, in this kind of a platform, this kind of a realm. I don't know kind of what you are outlining, Phil. I feel like I hate to say this, but then I won't. Because I hate it when people say they hate it to say it, and then they say it anyway. It's like, well, then just be quiet then, right? Well, then, then believe me, I hate to say it. And then oh, say no. It. No, I just, what you're outlining, I think, is is really a lifestyle. Fundamentally, that's what I think it all comes down to. Exactly. Because if it you're is. doing it in your day-to-day life, then social media isn't a challenge, right? So That's true. So, and that's a catch-22 because there are pastors. I'm confused. Are we wanting social media to be a challenge? I know. I don't think it should be a challenge. I should. Th- I think it should be okay. easy. I should. I think it should be natural. And I think that if you're having to, may, if you if you're having to think that hard about it, then maybe you need to think about. Maybe you need to be thinking that hard about how you're living your life day to day, being yourself, right? Because if you have to constantly keep it in check, then this you're living a life of behavior modification, not a life in the spirit, right? Because I've seen enough pastor posts, etc., where I don't think, wow, they need to behave better on social media. That's not usually what I think, actually. What I think is, wow, you know, I wonder what they're like in person, right? Like, yikes. So, again, I, I, I see that kind of, again, more of a root issue. It's just that technology tends to enhance it more. I mean, that, does, that shouldn't negate our conversation here in general about the, the, the tech-savvy pastor. If anything... Technology, social media being a magnifying glass for our behavior and our interactions should motivate us to start living, you know, start start living more Christ-like in that sense so that he's amplified and he's magnified that much more. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag podcast by visiting Church Mag online. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message. And be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. We don't do that for just anyone. The Church Mag podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Can I be part of this bit, too? No. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Yeah, let me, do, let me just do this whole thing. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead.
Hey guys, guys, can I be a part of this bit too? Yes. <laughs> no, wait, sure. Oh, I'll oh, 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 oh